Okay, college baseball fans. Woo. What a weekend. What a weekend we have coming up. We got the Super Regionals coming up and a great interview with our boy, with our boy Paul Franzoni of New Jersey Institute of Technology at the end of this episode. Awesome time talking with him about his experience at Arkansas, what it's like playing baseball at New Jersey Institute of Technology, and you know, got caught up, got got to catch up with the kid. That was a kind of a tongue twister there. But it's an awesome interview, one of the favorites we've done all year. Great kid, about to go off to play summer ball. But let's get down into the nitty-gritty stuff. We got eight super regionals going on this weekend. Top eight advance to go to Omaha. And speaking of Omaha, Dimitri, I know you know this, but I just purchased a flight from Atlanta, Georgia to Omaha. And I'll be there for the first time ever, getting to experience not the Rosenblatt experience. Let's go! <laughs> It's not the Rosenblatt experience, but it's the TD Ameritrade Park experience, which I'm very pumped about. We'll have some representation there from 11.7. Obviously, Dimitri's overseas in Italy. And you got a big tournament coming up this weekend, right? A little European qualifier. No, like, no, like three weeks. Two oh, weeks. three weeks. Oh, never mind. Well, forget I I literally that. told you two weeks. <laughs> I literally told you. Like 10 minutes ago, two weeks. Whoops. Um, um, well, I was trying no, to hype you up, too. Hey, I'm super happy for you that you get to go to Omaha. Um, you're going to love it there. You've been um, what, twice? I went there. What? You've been there twice? I've been there two times, correct. I went there in 2008. I was, obviously, I was down the road. I was an hour away in Lincoln. So we went up there for the Florida Texas Tech. I think it was an elimination game, 2019. It's super awesome. I mean, I got to see the storm. It rained for a while. Then they played the game. So I got to get the whole nine yards of Omaha. Um, but you're going to love it, dude. Um, I know you've got a lot of things planned up for people you're going to meet. Um, but, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm pumped for you. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous, too. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. And I'm hoping to get some, like, real interviews, in-person interviews with players over there, coaches, and really just trying to, like, build the 11.7 brand because – you know, now I think that we're getting a little bit of steam behind our engine. People start to know who we are and, you know, real big yeah. names. So I mentioned it. I mentioned it to you before the podcast. And I, I'm sure our listeners will be, they will agree with me, but also selfishly disagree. Like I, I recommend, I reckon I told you before the show, I recommended to you that you just go as a fan and for the first time, just enjoy it. Enjoy it as a spectator. Don't try to go there and create, like, I mean, obviously you want to get some content and of course, but that's just part of being a fan. But like, I wouldn't go there like trying to make expectations to work. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I recommend you enjoy it. Enjoy well, it. Our, our listeners are probably sitting there like, no, 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 make content, make content. <laughs> but um, I think they would agree with me that just go and enjoy the ins and outs of it. And then in the future, obviously we have big plans for it. No, yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good time. And uh, I'm looking at the 16 teams that we have left. And I'm just like picking out which teams I hope are there just because I know they're going to travel great fan bases. But no matter who ends up there, I'm going to have a good time. going to meet some good people, you know, shake some hands, kiss some babies, that kind of thing. And uh, I think it's going to be uh, overall, a one, I'm not going to say a once in a lifetime experience, but a, a memory I'll have forever. And I'm going to go as a fan, obviously, I'm going to hopefully get media passes again, like we did in 2019. But uh, I'm still working on yeah. that. Let me and, ask you this. Yeah, what's if up? You had, if you had three people that are just on your you have to meet list, who are they? Uh, like, Wes, you meet in person. Wes Burton, number one. 
<laughs> from Ole Miss. Steven okay. Scotch from Virginia, number two. Wait, no, 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 no. Not just players. <laughs> I know I it's mean, not just players. Awesome. But I want to meet both of those guys at the same time. The crazy okay. psycho okay. closers. Oh, man, that'd be a fun time. And uh, let's see, third person. I mean, Kendall Rogers, of course. Like, I want to meet old Kendall. I think he's a good dude. I think he gets a bad rep on Twitter from a lot of fans that don't like him. But we had him on an interview, and he was a – freaking fantastic dude like just someone you want to sit around and drink a beer with but uh, i tweeted it out earlier i've had a lot of good responses from from fans just saying hey man like i'm gonna be there as well love to meet up with you you know let's get a beer together that kind of thing i'm excited for it i think it's gonna be an overall like 10 out of 10 experience an 11.7 out of 10 experience there but damn that's a good one yeah i've only said that about 100 times in my life but we got some news that we're going to talk about here before we break down each and every super regional. We're going to go ahead and start with the TCU, Texas A&M, I guess saga, you call it. Schlossnagel going to Texas A&M, leaving TCU. The program he built, I would say basically from scratch. I don't think TCU was relevant before he got there. And he's leaving everything there. And packing his stuff up, going about two hours south to College Station. He already did. He already packed stuff up. Already packed his stuff, and he's going to be a College Station uh, native now. And so I, I'm interested with that. Like, obviously, there was a lot of rumors going around that he would be the the lead candidate to get that job. I just don't personally understand why. Like, why would he do that? Unless it's just a significantly amount of money that he could not turn down. Do you do you think of it? more of a lateral move versus a upward move like at this, I think at this SEC, point yeah i think the sec is the end goal for every head coach you want to be in the sec and i think Nagel, i think a combination of that he wants to challenge himself in the sec and dude like it comes down to money right I, I think he just wants to challenge uh, he wants a new challenge and he got i mean he 100 got more money but I think it comes down. He wants a new challenge. Right. Which And, and be in the SEC. But wait, what is the challenge, though? I guess playing a tougher schedule overall? Survive the SEC West. But what if he goes there and fails? That's my thing. Like, he could have lived comfortably being the TCU head coach the rest of his life and not have to worry about, like, failing. Because TCU okay, was going to be good. Let me ask you this question. What's the, what's the joy in life for doing the same thing for 30 years? when you can challenge yourself something a little bit harder, a little bit bigger. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I'm Schloss, I love, I love the idea that he's not complacent with just staying in TCU for the next 20 years. He's challenging himself to rebuild a new program. Well, he should have challenged himself to win a college world series at TCU. And I think he has a better chance to win a college world series in college station than he does in uh, Fort Worth. Maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. But at the same time, I guess the only advantages he has at Texas A&M is more athletic money, like from that whole athletic department. There's more money to do things. Of course. And then, and then recruiting-wise, it's always nice to tell a kid now, especially with SEC uh, dominating college baseball as a whole, like per conference, say like, hey, you want to come play in the SEC? Like that would also play a little factor into it. But like my thing is, And maybe that's just like my personality type. You know, if you're sitting comfortably at a place that you built, you have a lot of pride in, 
Like he should have sat there for another 10 more years before he retired and said, I'm going to win a national championship at TCU at a place that I built and been a legend forever. But now, but now he's like looked as a traitor at TCU. Like he just left that program. I can see it that way, but um, I mean, I always have respect for the guys that say, Hey, I'm not leaving. I'm here. This has been my commitment for 10 years. I'm going to commit for 10 more years. I'm bringing a national championship home. I always have respect for those guys, but I also have respect for him and not being complacent. He wants more. And you never know what's but going hey, on behind the, the day, scenes either. Hey, hey, at the end of the day, that money talks, boy. That money, money does talk. That money talks. And, and the point that I was about to bring up is like, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I heard some rumors through some, through some direct messages that he was kind of having a different view with the athletic director at TCU. I guess they didn't see eye to eye and there was a lot of drama there. So it was more of like a, all right, I'll get out of this situation. I don't want to work for you anymore, Mr. AD. I'll go find somewhere better than a place that wants me. That could have been it as well. And I, I see that point of view a lot, a lot better. But, I mean, that the whole head coaching carousel now is starting to spin. And once LSU wraps up their season, whether it's in Omaha or whether it's this weekend in Knoxville, that's going to add another twist to it as well. And then you have Tracy Smith resigning or getting fired from Arizona State, who I'm a big Tracy Smith fan. I think it was the mutual agreement to part with. Yeah, I think so too. But, I mean, I think he's a damn good coach. Someone that put Indiana on the map with like – uh, Sam Travis and Kyle Schwarber and those guys who went to the College World Series goes to Arizona State, recruits really well. I mean, we've seen like Hunter Bishop, Spencer Torkelson, um, and I, I'm blanking on like five other names, but like real major league talent there. And he he's leaving that place. Obviously wasn't known as like a winner there. Brought him to a couple of regionals, but never went any further than that. But he's another he, good coach. That's the thing. He had, he, I mean, you can recruit all you want, Hey, you know what I say all the time? Being a good recruiter can almost set yourself up to be a disappointment. Yeah. Because if you are such a good recruiter, you're bringing all these dudes in, but you don't win with them, you make yourself look even worse when you're actually doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah, dude, it sucks because you bring in major league talent and then you don't win with it. People look at you thinking, why can't you win with this talent? Uh, It sucks. It's the, it's the same thing with all college sports. So you see it in basketball all the time. Like Kentucky will have three guys drafted in NBA, but then, you know, they don't win a national championship or go to a final four. And people are like, wait, why aren't you winning with those guys? Yeah. It sucks. It's all college athletics. It's a lot of politics there. But um, no, I think Tracy Smith's a good option for either the TCU job or wherever he ends up. I think he's going to be a good coach there. Uh, a name that I think might end up either at TCU or LSU, Dimitri, is Link Jarrett from Notre Dame. I'm getting a lot of wind that he's going to be a big name on the market, a guy who we played against. Um, He was in our conference, and uh, he used to coach at North Carolina Greensboro. Built a really good program over there. And you've seen what he's done at Notre Dame in just a couple years he's been there. Turned him into a national powerhouse, someone who's going to give Mississippi State a lot of trouble this weekend after dominating the regional this past week. So I'm really, I'm really surprised Soli turned down LSU. That's yeah, but shocking. did he? Like, I, I saw where he Kendall, Kendall tweeted that Soli turned it down, but at the same time, he tweeted something else that made me not a hundred percent because he said something that LSU went a different way. But you know how it is. You know how schools will put out a statement just to make themselves look better. Yeah. So. 
Sully could have turned down LSU and LSU said, hey, we decided to go a different way when in reality they just never had a chance with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, who no knows doubt. what actually happened. But either way, either way, Sully didn't entertain it or um, flip it or flip side. LSU decided to go a different way and Sully took that as, okay, I'm going to say I'm taking my, I'm withdrawing my name from consideration yeah. when in reality he was just not being considered anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to believe in that situation, but I do have a gut feeling that Coach O'Sullivan is going to be out of Florida this year. He might go and take that TCU job. I know it's kind of like a, a lateral move or downgrade, but if you're solely, people kind of want you out of Florida. There's already been rumors of him going out. I think people want him out of Florida. I don't think people care, honestly. I don't think Florida fans care either way. <laughs> I don't think they no, care. Dude. No, dude, they care. It's just, it's just not on the same vibe or same level as some of these other schools. Now, what? Florida. think about this. What if, what if Soli went to Arizona State now? That might be a good move. I would for him. absolutely 100% never do that. Why, though? Because. Florida's got a better facility. Florida has, they literally, I mean, for the most part, they get majority of the better recruits in the state of Florida. But there's a lot Florida. less pressure. I mean, he already has a national championship there. A lot less pressure. He could dominate the Pac 12. He could build a freaking. No, he wants another, he wants another title of Florida. What he wants. Well, I don't know if they're getting there anytime soon, but. I don't know, man. There's just like dude, this whole dude, head coaching dude, carousel. Dude, hold on, hold crazy. on, hold on. What did you just say? You don't think they're going to get there anytime soon? Yeah, no, I think they're on the downward slope. I don't think Florida will be able to build build itself back up. I, I do. I don't know. Like, I'm a big Florida hater, I guess, but you are a hundred percent being a Florida hater, and I hate Florida. And I'm not even. I'm being realistic here. The dude won a national championship. He went to Omaha three out of four years or something. Like, not many teams just do that and keep going. South Carolina went back-to-back, and then look at what happened. Like, it's not that easy to go every damn year to a super in Omaha. It's not it's, – I think it's really, you just proved really my point, though. You just proved my point. Like, it's hard to – like, I think after South Carolina lost to well, Arizona. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is he is that – he, he – it's not that the program's on the downturn. He just had – one bad year. I mean, in 2019, what, what did they do in 2019 when they barely got in? Did they do anything? They lost know. the regional championship at Texas Tech, right? Something, uh, something like yeah, that. That's yeah, what happened. yeah. You're right. You're they right. They were at Texas Tech, um, but yeah, I mean, other than 2019 and this year, I mean, they were in the postseason both times. So I wouldn't say Sully is failing. He's just in a position where he can only go up again. I guess. I don't know. I mean, sure, he can go down, but he's not going to. There's going to be a lot of moves, I think, and it's going to be an absolute carousel, similar to what we see in, like, college football. Guys are going to be going different places. It's going to look weird hey. here a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what to expect, but shout out to Rice. The Rice Owls, I think, actually made a good hire. That was my childhood favorite school growing up, Rice Baseball. They didn't hire my guy, Lance Berkman, which I think they should have. But they got Jose Cruz Jr., who played at Rice. Dad was an Astros legend. And Jose Cruz Jr. has been coaching in the minor leagues for the last few years. I think he's No, in- no, no, no. He's in, he, I think he was in the big league assistant something. The Tigers. Yeah, I think he Detroit. was. Yeah, Detroit, Detroit Tigers something. But I thought he was in the minor leagues. I don't know. I, didn't I think he was in the big league side. But, yes. But 
the the big point I want to push across is like Jose Cruz Jr., Houston guy through and through, born and raised there, played at Rice, has a lot of school pride, um, super smart family. And it's like someone that is going to be able to, I think, put the pieces together to build Rice back up to what they used to be. I don't know if they're going to be anywhere close to what Wayne Graham had them, but at least relevant in the in Conference USA again instead of finishing dead last like they have been the last few years. Imagine, um, dude, imagine the Conference USA. Let's just say Louisiana Tech drops a little bit, but there's still a at-large-esque bid of team every year. Let's just say Old Dominion start their program on the rise a little bit. Let's just hypothetically say. Let's just say Southern Miss stays the same. Let's say Florida Atlantic stays the same or whatever, what they've been doing the last 10 years. Now you're looking at the Conference USA. Imagine if you have Rice come back up to compete again, Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss. UTSA um, is a program Dominion, to watch out FAU. for in the future too. UTSA is going to be what? a really good program moving forward. They're uh, they're they're on the Conference right track. USA, dude, on the fucking rise. Yes, and FIU is another team that we've seen do really well. I, I'm I'm excited for Conference USA. They might actually get out of the whole mid major picture one of these days. I mean that is a deep <laughs> that is a deep conference. Yeah, it's a good conference for sure. But you know the conference that Conference USA always gets compared to, the American Athletic Conference. How about they went six and one in regionals? And I didn't even think about that. Between USF and ECU, both won their regionals. They only got two teams in. American Athletic Conference, baby. They're rolling right now. Conference USA, zero super American or American Athletic, two. Yeah, so take that to all the haters that say Conference USA isn't a mid-major, American Athletics the real mid-major. I don't know. Super regionals tell Get a different you some story. of that. Get you some of that. <laughs> but um, any other things we're going to talk about here? I can't think of anything. I didn't write anything down. Um, um, no, not, not necessarily. Let's just roll, I mean, into, let's just roll yeah, into these yeah, super regional yeah. previews because that's what I'm excited about. Let's start here. This is the one that I'm most interested in. Mississippi State hosts Notre Dame. And we've been kind of Notre Dame haters the last month or so. We, me, I have been a Notre Dame hater thinking they're frauds. They played an easy schedule, no midweek games or anything like that. And they go out and just, it was, it was almost rated R what they did to the other teams this weekend, UConn, Michigan, and Central Michigan. They outscored them like 50 to five in three games. They hit a bajillion home runs. Nico Cavadas is someone that is going to be a big time draft prospect, I think, here in the next few weeks. Just they're, they're a complete team. And I, I apologize to all the Notre Dame fans out there. I will not be doubting you guys anymore. You guys are a damn good ball club. They are good, dude. Um, in that park, Ben, at Starkville, and the dude, Notre Dame's going to hit a lot of home runs. Oh, whether, yeah. whether, whether they live and die by the long ball this weekend, it's a hashtag wait to see. Yes. I think they're going to score a run. I think Mississippi State is going to have to score a run. I think most of these games are going to be – I think I think eight runs wins you the game, and, I th- and that's a lot. But I really do think most of these games are like six to five, eight to seven – nine to seven kind of game I'm, i don't see very maybe like a five to four six to four that's on the low end i don't see very many three two four to one type of game coming yeah so what you're saying is if you're a betting man take the over in every single game if you're near a casino take the overs i would probably i would probably be 
having my eye on the over very well because, okay, Mississippi State, we talked about how good their bullpen is, their pitching staff has got elite talent. But there's just something about they just don't have that starter that you're just like, dude, he's going to throw a CG shutout. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, McLeod, I mean, um, and, uh, oh, my God, Ben, I'm blanking. Well, who are you thinking of, like lefty or righty? They're, they're Mississippi State pitchers. McLeod, Sarantola. Sarantola is um, one. McLeod. Who else? Like, are you talking about like their weekend starters? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Well, this is a bad look for us. Um, dang it, dude. If you wouldn't have said anything, I would have I would have known off the top of my head. Dang it. Um, it it'll come to me here in a second. I'm actually about to just look it up. But anyway, so, okay. So, so, <laughs> that anyway, is such a bad yeah, look for us. On. Okay. <laughs> Back to what I was saying. Those guys get a lot of strikeouts, but they also, if you watch Mississippi, their pitchers pitch, so some of them have that gas them up mindset, and I I like it. I do. I truly do like to gas them up, but they miss middle a lot. And Notre Dame, as we have seen, they pummel, they crush fastballs. So Mississippi State, if, if, I mean, they're going to get their strikeout. They're going to get them, but they're also they're going to miss some over the plate, and they're going to give up run, which is fine. It's more exciting that way. The it's key a little piece more to me. The key piece to me for this Mississippi State team is, uh, I think his name, is it Hudson Harding or Houston Harding? The Harding, relief guy. Hootie, Hootie. They call him Hootie. Yeah, Hootie. Um, I mean, he's a big piece out of the bullpen for him. And we saw what he did uh, in the regional. I think he threw like seven innings of shutout ball no, or something. No, he threw five innings, 10Ks. Yeah, that's what it was. Five innings, 10Ks, just dicing people out of, up. Out of the bullpen. And then I'm looking at the I'm looking at the names now. Will Bednar is the guy we're thinking of. Uh, Bednar. Yeah, Bednar, who's 7-1 and one on the year. I could picture what he looked like, but the name just flew right over my head. Um, but I mean, let's let's just break it. It's Landon Sims. Like Landon Sims is going to have to probably pitch all three games, and he hasn't done well, that all well, year. That's not going to happen. No, but that's what I'm it saying. I think they're going to need year, him to. It's not going to happen now. They're going to need him to. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they'll need him to. But if I need to, if it goes three games, he'll pitch game one and game three. But he hasn't really. I, done I don't think he's gone year. back to back all year. He hasn't done that all year, unlike Kevin Copps. And, like, so if I'm Mississippi State, like, you have to jump out to a big lead early and just kind of crush Notre Dame. Now, I will say this. Notre Dame hasn't faced a team with a crowd like Mississippi State all year. In fact, like, I don't even know if any of their, like, any of their road trips were against even above 6,000 fans. So this is going to be a new experience for them. Obviously, Mississippi State, they know how to get to Omaha. They've done it quite a bit here recently. And – so it's kind of like uh, I like the whole cowbells versus Catholics thing. Those are, those are some great shirts I was seeing. No, on dude, stop! Stop! I, it's horrible. I know you're a it's Miami terrible. guy, and you don't like Catholics that. And you take a convict, and that's it. There's no Rudy or duty. It's funny, but it's it, <laughs> it's so cringe. I haven't even heard that one yet. Rudy versus duty. Oh, that's good. I mean, dude, those are fun. But this is the like the reason why this is the most interesting region or super regional to me is because Mississippi State's going to be at home. We know how well they play at home, especially in the postseason. Notre Dame. They're, they're, unbe they're unbelievable at home. Unbelievable. They're, I think they're – dude, Ben, they're 8-0 at home in the new dude and, in the postseason. In the postseason. No, I believe that. And But Notre Dame is going to come in. I, and I'm interested to see if they come in and they get a little shell-shocked because they haven't seen anything like this, or if they go in and just top of the first inning, game one, put up like three or four runs, hit a bomb, and kind of silence that crowd. 
I think I think this is where I think this is where I need to just kind of let it out. I'm I I really want Notre Dame to make it an unbelievable super regional. That's what I root for. Mm-hmm. Can I see Mississippi State kind of to, going to in Omaha? Yes, I can totally see Mississippi State winning two and going straight to Omaha. But I really want to see a great series, and I think Notre Dame had the capability to do that. But I, I, okay, I'm, I guess we're just going to make our picks here too. Yeah, let's make I'm, this is how we're going, going to do our picks. We're going to pick our team and how many games, either two or three games. No, that's too, that's too much, dude. Come on. All right, you just make your pick. I'll say how many games. I mean, okay, okay. I think Mississippi State wins in three games. I, I can see two, and I almost wanted to pick two, but I'll go Mississippi State in three. Yeah. And um, I hate how much I agree with you there because I had Mississippi State three games written down. The way I think it's going to work, I think Mississippi State's going to win game one. They're going to put it all together. It's going to be a close game, something like 6-5, something like that, a lot of motions late. I think game two, I think Notre Dame blows them out. I think Notre Dame goes in there, blows them out, but Mississippi State saves their good bullpen pieces. And then game then three. Game three, Landon Sim pitches like three or four innings and they win. Yeah, I, I think game three, it's going to be – I think it's going to be high scoring, probably in the double digits for both teams. But just something about no, Mississippi no, State. I think I, I can see game three being like eight to six, eight to five. Yeah. But I, I mean, I can just like close my eyes and picture it. And obviously, I'm not a Notre Dame fan. I'm not a Mississippi State fan. But I, I think it's going to be very back and forth game on game three. But I think Mississippi State having that last at bat, I can almost see it now, like a walk off hit game three, send them to Omaha and then like dogpiling on the field. I, I, I don't know what it is, man. I got a feeling, but I'm taking Mississippi State in three games as well. Let's just go ahead and get this series out of the way. Texas, South Florida. Does South Florida even have a breathing chance? No. No. Is Texas all the way back if they go to Omaha? No. I mean, if you're a Texas fan, you couldn't have asked for a better postseason so far. I mean, basically, they they talk about a cakewalk to Omaha. They had two four seeds and a three seed in the regional. They They played damn Fairfield in the championship, and they get they get awarded with South Florida in the super. Yeah, I I mean that game is a quick two. And another thing is, like Texas is on that like easier side of the bracket as well. They don't have to face Arkansas or Vanderbilt in the College World Series. So like. Obviously, they have Mississippi State. I mean, they got to face Tennessee. They got to face Tennessee, Mississippi State, like Tennessee, and then Dallas Baptist. Winner of Virginia last year was going to be tough. Yeah. So, but Texas just gets a very, you could not have asked for an easier road. Now, are they going to slip up? That would be a very Texas thing for them to do. But the, I already Texas, made my pick. Texas in two. Texas in two. I agree as well. Dang it. I don't think South Florida – I think they could hang in there on Friday night. They'll throw all their bullets and then game two. I mean, it's not even going to be close. Texas is going to make their way back to Omaha. I almost guarantee it. So we both got – we both agree on both. That sucks. Actually, if you're a Notre Dame fan or a USF fan, you got to love your – you got to love where you're at with us predicting the same exact they thing. They got to love it. Yeah, but – uh, so let's just glad... go right down the right side. Let's, let's go do down it. the right side, Ben. So we got Tennessee, LSU. Tennessee and LSU, I don't know what to make of this series, man. 
I, I like that pulmonary magic. I like, I think Knoxville is going to be absolutely rocking. It's going to be, dude, it's going to be ruthless. Especially with the way Palmineri had that mental breakdown after the the series earlier this year, and you know, I mean, dude, Tennessee. This is the best thing that's happened to them since Josh Dobbs, or even since freaking Peyton Manning. Yeah, like you know, Tennessee. You know, Tennessee sports fans though. They they kind of hang fan, around. Man. They linger. They talk some shit, you know. But then once their team is good, and we've seen it in basketball in the past when they've had some really good basketball teams, they just come out of the woodworks, man, and just blow everybody up on social media saying how they're the best and blah blah blah. I love it. I'm I'm, I'm a big but Tennessee honestly, dude. Tennessee being a good at baseball is a very dangerous thing, and we're seeing the beginning of it. Yes, I and mean, it's going to turn can into you a imagine, baseball. Ben, can school. you imagine? Can you imagine? what it would be like if Tennessee wins the national championship. You will never hear the end of it from Tennessee. They'll they'll hold on to that forever. I mean, but, no, I mean, dude, they will be so reckless and so unpleasant on Twitter. And if you're listening to this, this is the compliment. This is not a dot, a dot, a, uh, what do I want to say? A, uh, a jab at you. They're going to be so unpleasant on Twitter. Cause you're just going to be like, dude, we get it. You guys won the national championship. Like, like they're going to be so prideful and so in your face about it. And I, I really do like it. But if I'm, the, if I'm not a Tennessee fan, I'm like, dude, shut the fuck up. Go yeah. away. Yes. No, it's, it, dude, it's going to be, it's going to be a very big social media rivalry because LSU's got some diehard fans too. And they're not going to be traveling to the box. So they're going to be sitting at home watching on TV, tweeting about it. Like, it's going to get interesting. But, the big but, thing, I, the big thing I want to talk about with that series, obviously, Paul Maneri has magic up his sleeve. Them coming back through the losers bracket and winning that Oregon regional, which we all kind of saw coming. Um, I didn't. I, I mean, I kind of did though. Like, I just felt like they were going to put it all together. Now, I'm not going to be the one to bet against LSU, especially after what we saw Mike Martin went through in Florida State, going through the Georgia regional and then beating LSU in the Super Regional in 2019. It's almost like lined up perfectly to do the same thing for Palmineri here. I'd like LSU to win this series, and I think they win it in three games because I don't think you're going into Lindsey Nelson and, and beating them the first two games. Like that crowd has been electric. They have some magic there as well. How many walk-off hits have we seen Tennessee have this year? A ton. Give me Chad Dallas game one. Give me Tennessee in two. So you have Tennessee in two, and I have LSU in three. But give me Chad Dallas about to beat Marceau game one. Tennessee's gonna throw out um dude. I I don't remember his name. Lefty. He's gonna shove it up their ass game two. Tennessee wins in two. I don't know, man. I just I'm not betting against this LSU team right now. Obviously, all of their best players are young. They're freshmen and sophomores. They're played a full 56 game season. They've already went through a regional atmosphere. It's hard to beat a team with a little bit of magic and Tennessee fans, we've seen them get crushed similar to like Atlanta sports fans. They've been crushed in the past and I can just see it. The exact same narrative going through this weekend. I mean, you keep saying, you keep seeing these things. Where do you see these things? What do you mean? I, you said I could see this. I could see that. I'm like, damn, where do you see all I'm these just, things? Because I want to see these things too. It's, it, it's coming straight from my big old gut. Gut feeling, man. <laughs> <laughs> coming through the gut feeling. Um, 
But we saw Tennessee struggle against Wright State. Now, if LSU was playing that game, they would have closed out the game. In theory. You don't know that. Evan Russell could have smacked them around again. True. But Lipschitz could have smacked them around. Hey, bro, don't bet against Tennessee. I know you're doing it. I know you're going to LSU, but don't bet against Tennessee. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm either gonna feel like a genius or an absolute idiot after this series because I could. I could totally see where you're coming from. Tennessee walks in there and just beats them up two games, gets out, dog piles, goes to Omaha. I could see that too, but I, just a little gut feeling. I think LSU's got the, this weekend. I think they match up well. Match up well. They got they got smacked around in the regular season. But dude, how hard I'm is it, to, right dude? How hard is it to beat the same team? We've talked about it all year on the it's podcast. It's hard. It's hard. But what I'm saying is they don't match up well. LSU. Here's the deal: as of late, as of the past like two weeks, LSU has been much better offensively, and they were not very good offensively most of the season. So if that carries over, then it'll play. But I just don't – I just see Tennessee having too much offensive firepower for LSU. Well, dude, all three games they played at Tennessee were close. And this was they like early close. in the – it was early in the close. season. It was in middle of March. And they lost three to one, eight Tennessee's to nine, and 11 innings. Too. And then they lost two to three. Now, yeah. I think LSU's gotten a lot better because they've won like – what was it? Like f- their last four SEC weekends besides Arkansas and – they have gotten better, and I'm not saying they have no chance, but I'm just giving you my pick. Okay. Well, I'm giving you my pick. I'm taking LSU there. So. Well, I mean, you already saw it. You said you saw it, so. I saw it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I closed my eyes and saw this little pulmonary uh, run to Omaha. I think he'd be deserving of that. Uh, the last side or the last one on this side of the bracket, my college World Series champs, Dallas Baptist Patriots take on Virginia. This one will start In Saturday. Columbia. In Columbia, so neutral site. Virginia just got done playing five games over there. They're comfortable. Hey, what did I tell you? What did I tell you in our podcast Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was? I said, if Virginia wins, Virginia's going Omaha. I said, if Old Dominion wins, Dallas Baptist's going Omaha. So I think you already know my pick. Yeah, no, and, and I think it's a smart pick. I think Virginia is playing really, really good baseball. And they were my – look, I have, I have my – investment in both of these teams because i picked dallas baptist to win the college world series in my d1 bracket challenge but early in the year like our first or second podcast when we made our our omaha picks and who's going to win and who's a sleeper to win omaha i said the virginia cavaliers and it looked terrible for about the first two and a half months and then they turned it on started winning a lot of acc games and they play with a lot of swagger dude like they have they have guys on the team and the the listeners will probably saw it on tuesday they have guys that know that they belong. And like, that's the number one thing for a team in college baseball. Once you believe that you belong, like it's, it's hard to stop. And I think NC state has the same kind of feeling to them as well. They, they were at the bottom of the barrel in ACC the first half of the season. But then once they started feeling like they belong, they put some hits together and players kind of stepped into their role. They are a completely different team. And I don't know, man. Like, I'm torn. Obviously, I picked Dallas Baptist to win the College World Series because I thought they were going to be a lot like the Coastal Carolina team in 2016. And they kind of turned it around. You the told middle me, of the you said, hold on. You said Old, Old Dominion, Dominion reminded you of Coastal. Who else, who else reminds you of Coastal? Just Dallas Baptist. Dallas <laughs> Baptist and Old Dominion. I went ahead and just said both of them. 
But do you remember saying Old oh, Dominion? I, I, I've said them both. <laughs> I said so Old Dominion. Pick? So what's your pick? Well, let me just say this. So I said Old Dominion reminded me of Coastal because Coastal care like they were the nation's leader in home runs, and Old Dominion was right up there this year as well. Uh, they had two or three really good pitchers, and the rest were kind of okay, but they used those pitchers a lot. They threw a lot of innings, similar to what Coastal did. Now, Dallas Baptist, I say they remind me of Coastal in a completely different way. Uh, you know how Coastal Carolina made it to a lot of regionals in a row and a couple super regionals, but never got over the hump to Omaha? Well, the one year that they did get to Omaha, it just happened to be like a magical year. And I, I just kind of got that feeling with this magical year from Dallas Baptist. So I'm saying more of like tradition-wise, Dallas So Baptist. are you taking Coastal Carolina in two or Coastal Carolina in three? Or of the other Coastal Carolina in three? <laughs> <laughs> oh god i hate you sometimes i'm taking i'm taking dallas baptist in in three i think dallas baptist gets out of this regional i i actually um, kind of hate that pick now i do so. like the pick i really do like the pick and i'm taking virginia in three okay i, I think that's going to be the best like evenly matched series would that be gonna be a to good say? one it's gonna be a really entertaining baseball game yeah um, so let's do the, the left side of the bracket now where we have Arkansas, NC State. NC State's hot, man. NC State's I really want to go with hot. NC State, dude. I really want to do it. Arkansas has been wanna... kind of like on the ropes a couple times. You know, you know, NC State kind of reminds me of Coastal Carolina, dude. <laughs> dude shut like... up, bro. I, hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that. Uh, all right. Back, back to real talk, though. Arkansas, dude, I, I think it's almost like no comment. Everybody knows their lineup, one through nine, is just so deep. I mean, yeah, I mean, Brady Slavin, I think he's healthy. I think he's going to be back all the way. Christian Franklin, Robert Moore, Casey Open. Like, they just have a loaded lineup. Someone Everybody put it great knows. to me on Twitter. They, they said they don't have one through nine. They have three one through threes. That's, that's literally what their lineup's like. It's like one through no, three, it is. It one is. through three, one through three. It's very true. And then we all know, I mean, we Wicklander can beat anybody in the country. Yeah. Um, Friday night guy. Yeah. And then Vermillion can be – Vermillion is on. He's really good. And you've got Lockhart, who's really good too. I mean, those guys, if they're on, they're unhittable. If they're average, NC State's going to pummel them. Like, like, that's how good NC State is hitting right now. Like I said about Mississippi State and Notre Dame, when you miss your fastball middle, anybody's going to hit it. It doesn't matter how hard you throw. And I think I think for me, Wicklander, he has, you know, the 90-93 below, but he can command it. He knows how to pitch. Lockhart, I, I think Lockhart is very similar to Wicklander, but he's a little younger. He's a little more let's let it rip kind of guy. Yeah. And he's going to miss middle. It's just going to happen. I mean, that's just part of growing up, part of maturing as a pitcher. And if they do that, NC State's going to smack them. But it's a matter of how much can Kevin Copps do this weekend? Because we've all seen him. That guy is literally the Darren McFadden of Arkansas baseball. Yeah, he does it all. Now He, does it, he, he, he literally, literally single-handedly winning them games. He literally beat Nebraska by himself. It's I mean, crazy yeah, they to had me. The score. But he shut him out for seven innings. It's hard to win a baseball game. Dude, it's crazy to me. Like it feels like every time Kevin Copps comes in the game, they instantly just put up a crooked number on yeah, offense. They score, they score two or three, and then the other team just doesn't score. Yeah, it's crazy to me. I feel like it happens every single time. Now, what I'll say about this regional: one, Arkansas playing at home, 
similar to Mississippi State. It's a different breed. NC State hasn't seen anything like it all year. Of course, they just played in Ruston, but that's going to be about half of what Arkansas is going to be. Less than half. But I'll say this. I've been doubting Arkansas and picking against them literally all year. I said, they're going to slip up this weekend. They're going to slip up this weekend. They're going to slip up this weekend. They went through the whole SEC schedule and never lost a series. And I'm an idiot because I keep picking against them. Now, I look at this on paper and I say, ooh, I really like NC State here. They're playing under the radar, super good offensively. They got the pieces to make this work. And Arkansas has kind of been playing around with fire recently. Um with a lot less talented teams than this NC State team. And so if you're an Arkansas fan, and this is going to be great for the graphic, because I'm, I'm going to end up picking against Arkansas, just might as well keep rolling with it. Um, if you're an Arkansas because fan. One, hey, one of them got to be correct. You've been wrong so many times, one has got to hit. That's what I'm saying. Why not? And if you're an Arkansas fan, you're pumped for me picking against Arkansas for another time. And everybody that's going to see it on Twitter that isn't going to listen to the podcast. Just say it out loud because I want to hear it. So I'm taking NC State here, and I'm going to take them in three games uh, because I think Wicklander wins game one. But I think NC State's going to win the series. And if you're an Arkansas fan listening to the podcast, you know, like it's a good thing that I'm picking against Arkansas here because I've picked against them all year. They have. They've won every series, and I've looked like an idiot. But for the ones that just see the graphic, they're going to be like, oh, dang, Ben hates Arkansas. He's been picking against us all year. You know what you know, I did, Ben? They're going to they're gonna get to the point where they think you're just making these picks just for, for reaction. You know how, like, sometimes people on ESPN and stuff get, like, Stephen A or yeah. Skip Bayless, people are like, oh, he's just doing it for reaction. I think you're starting to get to the point where you're just like, dude, I get more interactions when I just pick against them. Yeah, but no, even, I really I really believe you, though. I think you actually can see NC State winning in three. I can, so can, I I. can see NC State winning because of just the way that Arkansas has been winning games lately. And, I mean, they've been winning a lot of games at that. But, but like, they're all – like some of them have been like, wow, I can't believe they won. Yeah. Um, and you, you just don't know if anyway. Kevin Copps' arm is going to be tired. I mean, he's been throwing a lot of pitches. Of course, he's – a warrior out there and, and the future golden spikes winner here. But what, what I'll say here, it's kind of like in roulette, you know, when it like hits red, like three times in a row, you're like, all right, I'm going to go black. And it's yep. like, all right, I'm going to go black. And it keeps going red. And you're like black, black, black. That's what I'm doing right here. Eventually. Arkansas, you're reaching for a win. You're, you're just going to yeah, keep doing it. Yeah. I'm just going to keep doing it. Eventually I, in my mind, I think Arkansas is going to end up losing. And, and then you'll look really smart on Sunday or Monday. So I'm taking NC State. I'm going to keep hitting black when Arkansas just keeps winning with red. But I, I don't know. I think NC State in three games. I'm taking Arkansas in three games. I do like NC State a lot. But I just think I just think Arkansas has come too far to let it all slip, to let it all get away from them. So I'm taking the Hogs in three. And, they, dude, the, the thing that I want to give praise to Arkansas about, they've had a target on their back the last three months. And they just keep like they just keep winning. They're getting to everybody's best. They're getting yeah. everybody's best stuff. It's it's kind of like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. They had a target on their back. They got everybody's best stuff, and they just kept winning. And I mean, that's what happened to sports when everybody like NC State. Nobody expects them to win, and it makes it so much easier for a team to roll in to Fayetteville. Yeah. Nobody expects us to win. Let's let's have fun. Right, and I think it's going to be dangerous there, but. Uh, I'm gonna regret this, but I'm taking I'm taking NC. Moving State. on, moving on. Let's go ahead and do Texas Tech at Stan- or Stanford at Texas Tech. I think you know where my pick is gonna be. I say it every right. single week. Texas Tech at home in June. 
You don't beat them. I, I saw Stanford was impressive to me, though. I watched a lot of their regional late at night, a little 10 p.m. They're good. They can time. rake. They They're can good. Hit. They're, they can rake. But they just don't have the pitching to shut down Texas Tech's offense. And the eye black gets a little thicker. Pants get a little tighter. Uniforms get a little tighter. Bats just seem like they get louder for Texas Tech. There's something about that Lubbock, like, ghost town, that when June rolls around, those boys, they just get okay, that much ben, better. I'm going to save all the small talk. Could you repeat the same three sentences every week about <laughs> Texas Tech and regional than I black? Give me Texas Tech in two. I'm taking Texas Tech in two as well. Um, I think – Stanford's just not going into Lubbock in the desert and competing. Those are some Cali boys over there at Stanford. They're not used to the dry Texas heat. Texas Tech into they they know how to get to Omaha as well, just like Mississippi State. So, anyways, you know what I'm really excited about right now? As soon as this podcast over, I have an ice cream waiting for me, and that's all I can think about when you were talking about Texas Tech and I black. I was like, dude, I want my ice cream. (laughs) What kind of ice cream? Ice cream cone. It's like a chocolate and vanilla swirl mix with nuts on top. You know, a drumstick. You always like nuts on top, don't you? (laughs) Sure, sure, absolutely. (laughs) All right, let's go to Ole Miss at Arizona. Speaking of the desert, Ole Miss travels. Hey Ben, do you call it? Do you call it Jello or pudding? Putting these nuts in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Did I text you that yesterday? No, I. I mean, it was all over my Twitter. Freaking big cat and whoever else. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> right, Arizona Ole Miss. Um, man, if you like offense, is this the regional for you? Good Fireworks. God. Just absolute bombs for days. I if you if you're a betting man, hammer the overs in this because Arizona's probably the best all-around offense in the country outside of, you know, maybe I don't know, Arkansas and Notre Dame. Hey. I'm going to do this to you again because I know you love to justify your picks. I don't, I, I don't feel the need to do that sometimes. Give me Arizona in three. Zona baby in three. Oof, I don't know if I like that pick. I, I do don't like, like it. Go against it. What I need to think about here. Oh, man, this is tough because this was the one I was hoping to say for last. I obviously hey, didn't. Hey, here, okay, I'll justify my reasoning. Bobby Dalbeck did it to Mississippi State. Who is the guy that's going to do it to Ole Miss? Arizona is going to do it to the state of Mississippi again. Mm. Are you like? Are you sold on the Arizona team though? I know you've dude, been a big Oregon Duck fan all year, but dude, Arizona. When you watch them play, they have pitchers who can pitch. They just, they just, I don't know what it is. They just give up a lot of runs too. They do. And I think Ole Miss, if they're going to win, they've got to score a run. We both know that. Everybody mm-hmm. in the whole country knows that. I just think Arizona, I mean, okay, let's go back. And when you look at teams that have beaten Ole Miss in their shootout, every single team has a full lineup. Arkansas did it. Um, who else? Who else? Who else beat Ole Miss? I mean, Mississippi State did it, but those games were a lot tighter. Um, no, Ole Miss, wait. No, Mississippi State beat Ole Miss. What am I talking about? Yeah. Um, but the good offensive teams beat Ole Miss. Florida State, they just they their offense from one through five, six-ish is really good. After that, it's kind of like eh, I think Arizona one through nine is a much better team than Southern Miss and Florida State. And those are pretty close games. They all were pretty close. 
And I just think based on the whole year that we've seen, I think Arizona has too much offensive firepower to beat Ole Miss or right. to, for Ole Miss to beat them. And, you know, those, those thoughts went through my mind. And obviously I think this is a toss up uh, because when, when off like offense in college baseball, like you could be one through nine red hot, or you could be one through nine red cold or like ice cold. Oh, Arizona could show up and not be able to hit out of a wet newspaper. That's, that's what I'm saying. And, and Ole Miss could do the same thing. Ole Miss could show up and not hit over there. Like it, it's possible. So when you rely on offense, it really comes down to like who's swinging better bats right now. Arizona didn't score much at all in their regional. Like they didn't hit as well as they did during yeah, the regular they, season. Yeah, they faced a pretty good pitching. Yeah, they did. Oklahoma State threw their guy against them. I mean, not Oklahoma State. Santa Barbara like pitched pretty well again, but Arizona was just too much, dude. And yeah. Santa Barbara, just, they literally cut up Oklahoma State, who had a pretty good lineup. Right. So when you, I, I think I, w- I wouldn't take too much, put too much weight into that. And you can, you can all, you can definitely justify it. But, bro, I'm telling you right now, if I'm Arizona, I give Tim Elko, I just give him the, the four ball count and treatment. Just keep pointing to first, like, hey, you're not beating us, buddy. Um, he, so well, he's not stealing second either. So you're literally just putting him on first. That's, a good, that's right. a good strategy there. That's not a bad base strategy. Hit to right base. Hit. I mean, okay, if nobody's on pitch to him, but if you've got runners on, put his ass on first base. Make somebody else beat you. I mean, he's just done it too much. He's hitting better. He's not going to steal. He he's is not hitting gonna, better not with gonna, a torn ACL. I mean, dude, he is hitting better. With, I don't know how, but he is. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe his mechanics were better with a torn ACL. He just didn't know it. Maybe he's just not trying as hard. But um, great season there for, for Tim Elko. Happy for him. To make my pick here, I like Ole Miss to win when Doug Nikhazy pitches, whether it's the game one or game two. Doug Nikhazy just wins every start. And he's a gamer. He gets I fired up. Is, I think this is where Nikhazy gets gassed out. I think this is where he throws 70, 80 pitches in three or four innings and it just gassed out. I really I, – I'm telling you, Ben, I've seen it before. Him coming Oh, back, you've seen it before? Where have you seen it at? <laughs> Give you a taste of your own medicine. Postseason tournament. Like, I mean, think about, okay, think about, um, all right, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to name, like, names of specific, but when guy, like, when Ole Miss brought back Nikhazy, he threw one or, or he got out of a jam, then gave up two bombs. He does have a week to recover, but he's got a bullpen day. Dude, he's gassed. I'm telling you, he's tired. I mean, you, he battled his ass off and shoved. But you can see how much he was sweating, how tired he was, the way he walked off the mound every time. It looked like it was a lot of effort. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And I, and think, I don't I disagree with any of that. I don't disagree with any of that. But I guess when I'm, when I'm making my pick, I know I've delayed this for a while. If it's a 50-50 toss-up for me, I'm going to take the SEC team every single time. Just because I think that they're battle-tested. I, I don't know what to make out of the Pac-12 I think I'm taking Ole Miss here. I'm taking him in three games. I think Nikhazy wins his start. And I think Derek Diamond loses his start. And then it comes into just an absolute football score of a showdown on game three, where I think Ole Miss's offense is going to show up. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm doubting myself again. I could see Arizona just winning the first two games and getting out of there and going to Omaha too. Did I give you – what did I say, Arizona in three? Yeah, you said Arizona three. I said Ole Miss in three. Boy, who that I'm gonna regret that pick. I just know it. But I don't know. Ole Miss has been a good team all year. They, they went through a little slump, but 
This series, this series intrigues me coming up. Ooh, don't tell me you're going to take ECU. So the last regional here, or super regional, I keep saying regional, I'm a stupid idiot sometimes, but the last super regional, ECU goes to Vanderbilt. And on paper, you look at it and you see Kumar Rocker throwing game one, Jack Leiter throwing game two. Does it get to a game three? If it does get to a, a game three, Vanderbilt struggled, man. They've struggled in the bullpen. They've struggled with they the game They did a really good starter. job in the regional. They did a really good job beating Georgia Tech in their game three. But the but bullpen was terrible. Runs were scored. Runs were, Runs scored. were scored. And guess what? I'm just going to go ahead and reveal my pick. But before I get there. Oh, my God, dude. Why do I keep forgetting pitcher's name? Give me the pitcher for East Carolina. He throws like he throws fucking fuel. He throws <laughs> gas. Uh, Gavin, Gavin, um, Williams, Gavin Williams. Thank you. I got the first part. I got the second part. That's why we're a great two man team. <laughs> Everybody who heard that, we just work along. We great. worked it out there. Give me East Carolina in three. So, who are they beating now? Jack Leiter or Kumar? They're beating Jack Leiter. Ah, dude, I can, going, I, I can see them winning in two. I can see them beating both, but that's just so what? such a read. Gavin Williams will beat Kumar Rocker Friday night. No Mark my word. shot. Gavin Williams will beat Kumar Rocker. get Rocky. the we ice cream off your mind, man. I know you're hungry, but God, you're going to say they're beating them both? No. You know this East Carolina program has they're, never I, been I to said, Omaha. I said, I said lighter, but I, I, was, I confused myself. Gavin Williams beating Kumar. They're game two, lighter winning. East Carolina wins in three. They dogpile on Sunday. Get to go to Omaha. Boy, that is a bold, bold pick. Now, I, mean, I will say – Arkansas, so don't judge my picks. Yeah, that's true. Let me, let me tell you this, though. I think East Carolina is going to travel well, and I don't think I'm sold on Vanderbilt's home, like, home crowd. Obviously, they do well. All right. Can, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. People keep clowning on Vanderbilt's like home crowd. Personally, I think it's a pretty good – crowd you look in left center field it's full you look in right field it's full they're behind the plate it's full and i just i personally think vanderbilt's home crowd gets disrespected i think they have a pretty good home crowd in my personal opinion i think it's all right i think it's bottom half of the sec though they're not as loud and as raunchy but they're oh, filled they fill speaking aloud we're gonna have to listen to that damn vandy whistler Nonstop on ESPN two or ESPNU, whatever channel they're playing on. I'm gonna have to mute my TV. Like, how, how does the guy do it the whole game? I don't care. I don't care about other people. How did that guy not get tired of it? Of That's what I'm saying. How does he not get tired of it? It's like a. I don't know. But East Carolina three. I'm taking Vanderbilt. Whistler, Whistler, no Whistler. I don't care. East Carolina three. I hope it's Vanderbilt and two, so I don't have to listen to that Whistler game three, but. I just don't – I'm not sold on this East Carolina team. And they they won some good games in the regional, but I think the home crowd played a big factor into that. And East Carolina does have a legitimate home field advantage. Like, that ballpark's weird. I played at it. The fans there are crazy. There's just no rules in Greenville, North Carolina, during home games. And they say whatever they want. They they just get rowdy. Now, they're not hey, going to have that in, in Nashville. I think the, the fans hey. are going to travel well, but – what if I told you Cliff Godwin goes to Omaha and then he takes the LSU job after Omaha? Well, he wouldn't need to change his color scheme or wardrobe, purple and yellow. 
be a good fit. Cliff Godwin goes to Omaha. He beats Vanderbilt after they their season is over. He takes the LSU job. Fact or fiction? Is he in the running? I haven't even seen his name pop up. They, they maybe they're just waiting. Maybe maybe they'll play each other in Omaha, LSU and East Carolina, uh, in the in the finals. in the final. I know in the finals. I think Cliff Godwin. It, it's about time somebody scoops him up from the big the big conferences. Uh, but I think he lives but, a good life over there and gets paid. But well. he is living a good life, dude. He's under the radar in the shadows, hosting a regional every year. Every year, and like, why would he want to leave? Unless it's like for way more money. Way more money, and that's what I'm talking about. LSU will literally take a dump on East Carolina if they get in a bidding war. Oh, yeah, it's not even close. Like They will tri- fly their private jet, quadruple. and they will dump a bag of money on LeClaire Stadium. So you're actually going East Carolina in, in two? In three. Oh, in three, okay. I just th- I just think Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker. Kumar Rocker's a big game pitcher. He's not losing. I think you're hey. crazy. East Carolina is due for an Omaha trip. They've been so close so many times. Yeah, and they get a terrible matchup here. They could have literally picked anybody else besides Vanderbilt, and I think they would have liked their chances more. But this whole Jack Leiter, Kumar Rocker, I know we've been saying it all year, they're big game pitchers. They're going to shove, man. Like, they're going to dominate, and I, I don't see Vanderbilt. Now, if it does get into a game three, and I like where you're going with this, if it does go into a game three, East Carolina might become like a slight favorite there. Just because of Vanderbilt struggles. Hey, I made my pick. Make yours. I said Vanderbilt in two. In two? In two. They just clean sweep. We, we saw, we saw Kumar Rocker throw a – what was it? A perfect game or no hitter against Duke two years ago? In the last no week? hitter. But, dude, East Carolina went two in barbecue against Louisville. I don't see them doing it again. I, I do. I do. But – so we have our picks. It was a little unorganized show, I guess. But I thought it was pretty good. It was good. I guess it was organized. There's just only eight games going on, man. It's sad. It's sad. We're getting to the end of this. In in two weeks, let's see. No, one week, two weeks, three weeks, we'll crown a – there will be a College World Series champion in less than three weeks. Yep. And that's sad. Is this sad or is it kind of cool? We finally get to see who the best team is this year. No, coming off of 2020 – like it is yeah. cool. It'll be cool to see. Like I missed the adrenaline watching the College World Series on TV, Super Regionals, all that. Even as a fan, just watching on TV, like the adrenaline kick that you get watching the crowds. It's a, it's a, one of the best experiences to watch. Like I don't care what sport it is. I'd rather watch. Hey ben, I have a prop bet. I have the greatest prop bet that Mency needs to hear. What's that? Should I say it on air? Yeah. How over under. 32 times or 32 times a ball goes on the field. The beach ball goes on the field. 32 times. Well, I'm just making up a number, but an over under on the number of times the beach ball game is paused for the beach ball. I'm going to purposely hit a ball, a beach ball onto the field when I'm in Omaha. I'm going to purpose, I'm going to do it just for the tradition, just to say I've done it. What I'm saying is, wouldn't that be a great prop bet? Like, how many times does the beach ball go on the field? How many times did the game pause? to get a beach ball off the field. I think 32 is way too high, but I would say maybe like 12, 13 times. 
I said 32, but that's not really the number I was looking at. But yeah, wouldn't that be an awesome prop bet? Yeah, I would. I would like participate. You're watching the game, you're like, bro, get that, keep that damn beach ball <laughs> off the field. <laughs> the little baseball prop bets, but um, I guess to summarize everything, I'm pumped that college baseball gambling is actually making a scene now. Like, there's a lot of different like casinos and things, and I obviously keep picking up. Yeah, and like, obviously, like I think that's the quickest way to grow the sport because then you get like the average just sports fan watching the it's game, seeing how good it is. And like social media has done a great job of like highlighting the big parts of college baseball. And it's dude, the, the sport is growing rapidly. I think five years from now, we're going to look back at this and be like, why didn't people ever pay attention to college baseball? Because it's going to be, I do. I think uh, this is a bold statement. I think the NCAA baseball tournament is way more fun to watch as an average fan than NCAA basketball tournament. Basketball is just a short term, like kind of everyone cares about the first two days. Yeah. And then your normal basketball fans watch the West, watch the rest, but your average sports fan watches the first two days of March Madness. Well, I think what makes it better than March Madness is like it's at the home field of the top, you know, six teams. Like and and like a four seed first two days. A four seed can easily beat a one seed. Um, and like a four seed can get out like easier, easier than like a 14, 15 or 16 seed in college basketball. I just think overall, it's a better product. I mean, think about it. Think about it. A four seed South Florida, two wins away from quote unquote, the elite eight. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, I I just, I think college baseball doesn't get the recognition it gets or it needs to get, but it's a sport that's rising heavily. It's like, well, anyway, yeah, um, I agree a hundred percent, but. Anyways, always it's been a pleasure. Always been a pleasure. We'll be back. Let's see, probably Monday night or Tuesday morning to wrap or recap the whole college baseball super regionals. There will 100% be some sort of rain. Yeah. And a week from today, I will be flying to Omaha, Nebraska. Good for you. Yeah. And while Dimitri's sitting on the beach in Italy, or in my bed, yeah, in your bed eating ice cream. (laughs) All right, Ben, as always. See you. Go get your ice cream. All right, college baseball fans. We got a great guest here today, and we are pumped to have Paul Franzoni, Polly Biceps from New Jersey Institute of Technology, America's team in the regionals here joining us. Talk a little bit about his experience at NJIT. Talk about the Arkansas regional, you know, everything everything you need to know about this guy and the team he plays for. Because I know we're all wondering, we have them here. So, Paul, dude, thanks for coming on. This is going to be a fun interview for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is this is sick. I, re- I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, and so, like, the first thing I want to start with here is the the guy that runs the Twitter account. He's going to remain nameless for right now, but an yeah. absolute legend. And that's how we fell in love with the NJI team or NJIT team because the way he was tweeting during the regional was absolutely hilarious and just so interactive. And uh, he's the one that actually set all this up. So special shout out to the him. Uh, he does a great job with you guys' Twitter account. And I mean, it was so popular amongst everybody during regional weekend. I don't know if you went back and looked, but he was hilarious. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. We like, yeah. To but, compare our Twitter account two weeks ago to what it is now, it's like. It's similar thing. to like the UMBC basketball Twitter account a few years ago when they beat Virginia, yeah. like just grew overnight. But hey, let's start. Let's start by talking about this selection show Monday. You guys have no idea where you're going. And then it pops up on the screen, number one overall seed, Arkansas. And right underneath it is NJIT. How pumped were you guys? Because 
that's like a once in a lifetime experience and one of the best places to play college baseball, no doubt. Yeah, we we were honestly at first we were shocked because like like when we were we all the projections, none of them had us going to Arkansas and like our RPI was like pretty good, like 115 or something. So we didn't think that we were gonna go to the number one overall seed. So we're just sitting down, everyone's starting to relax, like wait, wait we're see where we're gonna go. And then like I but think what it, with the projection. Uh Texas Tech was one. Uh, I saw Stanford, I saw Vandy, so but none had Arkansas. So, so you weren't even thinking about it. Like it wasn't even an option. <laughs> not even a little bit. So we so at first everyone was like like shocked to see us up so fast. And they were like, like, this is gonna be dope, like the best environment in college baseball. So mm-hmm. we're really yeah. excited. Hey, be careful saying that though. Yeah, yeah we, I might, I might <laughs> offend some people. But yeah, we have a lot of Mississippi State and Ole Miss, LSU fans that they get a little feisty at each other. But uh, no, yeah. and and what really, I guess our first attention to NJIT, obviously I knew it was a school um, just because I'm diehard college baseball fan, but never really paid attention to you guys. But when we saw you guys celebrating in the parking lot, uh, winning the American East tournament, it was cool. It was just like the most college baseball mid-major thing you could do. No dog piles on the field, just jumping up and down in the parking lot. Was that yeah. like a memory you'll have forever? Just nobody else will ever have that, I don't think, in college baseball history. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Like, we we were on the bus waiting to see, obviously, like, with the rain, what was going to happen. They pull us off the bus. The American East guy brought us out, and uh, he told us that we were going to get the bid. And it was, it was, like, just a lot of hard work paying off. Like, we were all super excited. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, was that NJIT's first regional ever, or at least in recent first, years? First. Yeah, first regional in the history of our baseball program. And then it was only the second time for the whole school going to the NCAA tournament. That is insane, man. Well, you guys definitely deserved it. You had a great season all the way around. Now, I want to talk about your home field because that was another big thing on social media during your guys' run, especially during the regionals. It was like a bunch of Arkansas fans debating on whether or not to start a GoFundMe to give NJIT a home field. And I I think it had some wheels for a little bit. I think there were some fans that really adopted you guys that were like, you know what, we could throw some money out there and build you guys a home field. Is it kind of weird, like, playing in a ballpark 20 minutes away and not, like, on campus, or is it just something you're used to by now? Yeah, it, it is weird, but, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a little bit better than the setup that we had two years ago because – so my freshman year, we were at Bears Stadium, which was in Newark, and then that gets knocked down. Sophomore year, we, we played at three different places for our home field. We played at Rutgers. Uh, we played a series at Somerset Patriots, a series at yep. a place called the Sussex Miners. So we were staying in hotels, like, for our home series. Those so, are far. Those are not close. No. So we were, like, from February to whatever, the end of May, we were in a hotel every weekend. So, I mean, playing at uh, where we're at now, at Keene, which is, like, 20 minutes away, like, honestly feels way better. But yeah. uh, obviously not ideal. But still. still. Do they give better. you guys, like, do they put your logos up and stuff, like, personalized it? Or is it just a community park? It's a uh, – it's it's like the university's field, so it's set. It's got Keen like behind home plate, and then it's got like a their cougar or whatever designed in the center field. And then like I think we brought uh, our own like batters, uh, like warm up circles that we put on top of theirs, like <laughs> our own on deck circles. But yeah, that's that's what we got. So. That's awesome. So so like the whole recruiting process of going to NJIT. Uh, now you're a Jersey guy. You born and raised from Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so like the recruiting process, like obviously you knew you were going division one, uh, but were there other schools around there or were there any schools like kind of far away that you were considering before going to uh, New Jersey Institute of Technology? 
Yeah, there there are a couple other schools, but really the thing that was was really cool for me for NJIT was one we were building a new athletic center uh, mm-hmm. that was going to be done the year that I got there. Which I don't know if you guys have had a chance to check it out yet, but like it's actually sick. Like yeah. we have like our indoor facility is is insane, and then uh, playing in the the A Sun was something that I wanted to do because uh, I wanted to play baseball like down south my whole life. Yeah, and, um, that so was my big, conference. For- yeah, yeah. Dimitri played there for three years. My first three years. Um, and you guys joined, I think, the year we went to the SOCON. You Is guys, and I think North Alabama. No. Yeah, North Alabama um, came my sophomore year. So, yeah, you guys would have, you guys came in after. And I'm trying to remember, Northern Kentucky, I think, left when you guys yeah. joined. Yeah. So, was, yeah, uh, that put, have an opportunity to play in the A-Sun and then. I, my our head coach now, who was the assistant at the time, Robbie McClellan. I, I loved him, and he he was great. So on the visit, we just connected, and I knew I was gonna have a chance to to play when I got there. So that was that really all factored into my decision, and happy, happy, really happy that I ended up there. So yeah. And so, how far uh, is that from like your hometown? Is it pretty close or still pretty far? Like like an hour. It's a straight shot up the turnpike, so it's 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 an easy drive. Okay. And, and I know in like college baseball, there's a big divide between like Northern schools and Southern schools. And, you know, it's not really the Northern schools fault because you guys can't play baseball year round. Like the winters get bad, winters get cold. What do you yeah. guys do in the off season, like months, October through February to like, kind of get ready? Is it like the indoor facility you're talking about, or is it kind of yeah, like it, on your own? It's, it's mostly in the in, in So when we get back in January, we're basically just going live every weekend, like simulate, like, yeah. whatever we're going to do during the season, build the pitchers up. And then, so we're, th- we're lucky to have that now, but uh, fresh, my freshman year, like before they finished the new place, we were a lot of the schools in the Northeast are just in like a basketball gym, like with it, with a drop down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where you can't see anything. So we're, we're lucky now, but I, I've seen both sides of it. So. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and just talk about what a lot of our listeners want to know about this Arkansas regional I mean, you got to play three games. You guys won your first ever game against Northeastern in, in game two. But I want to talk about something that's very interesting to me. You got to face the Golden Spikes winner. Let's just go ahead and say Kevin Copps is going to win the Golden Spikes Award. Yep. What was it like facing him? Like, was his stuff just nasty or like, was it hard to pick up? I want like a real detailed thing because you're the only one here that's ever faced him. Yeah. So, so when I, I was actually the first guy to face him at, from, he came in. So it was first well, and second, third inning outs. or something, right? <laughs> yep, in the third inning, first and second, two outs, and I see him trotting in. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Like, <laughs> you know who he is. Yeah. You know I, who we he all is. we all knew who he was. Yeah. So two outs, uh, first and second. We were up three to two at that point. So in the game, and uh, first pitch, he, I, our scouting report all it talked about like that cutter that he had. Yeah. So I was like, I was sitting on it, looking for it, and. I like the it's a they call it a cutter, but it's but it not. A cutter. It's, it's like not. It's, yeah, I was on a an Arkansas podcast last night. Shout out to them, beers on heads. They they were dope. They were hilarious. But uh, they were asking me about it, and I was like, the best way I can like describe it is it's like a twelve six curve, but like eighty nine ninety. Like it's there's not much <laughs> yeah, side side. It's like straight it's, down. Yeah. So um, like to try to help people understand that. He grips it like a curveball, but it, but in terms of a rap soto term, it's like a gyro. 
where it's yeah. basically your zero degree delivery out of your hand. And it has a, it has basically a, it anti it just goes with gravity and it has more of a drop than a hard cut movement. Whereas it doesn't have a 12 six. And of course, bin. Dimitri's. It has a size spin, but it drops. Yeah. What? Your, your Wi Fi cut out for a little bit, but we got it. Um, so, like, damn it. You're good. So, like, just would it be hard to, you're a catcher, and like, would it be hard to catch that pitch, let alone hit it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely hard to hit, but yeah, to catch it. I mean, they got Opus, so he yeah. he's, he's good. But yeah, it was it was uh it was tough at bat. But. Yeah, so like, what's, I mean, like, walk us through that at bat a little bit more. Like first pitch you saw, and you're like, okay, like, is this hittable, or were you thinking like, oof, I don't want to see that well, pitch again? Yeah, first pitch I got, I swung through, and I was like, damn, like I I really wasn't close to that. And then I was like, all right, gotta. I actually like based out a little bit more. I was like, all right, I'm going to go like a little bit more of a two strike here. Oh, one to try to like see it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, one, he throws it to me again. And I just take, cause it was like, it was that, it was that 12, like or whatever the drop. And I was like, <laughs> damn, like that, that was nasty. So now, oh, two, I'm like, all right, like I, I just got to f- find out a way. And I ended up like barreling it pretty good. Like it was the ball, the center field that Franklin made the diving catch on. Yes. So I'm like, I thought off the bat, I was like, that's for sure. That's a double, like hundred percent. And then he makes this amazing catch and I'm like standing at, I round first, I'm standing there and I'm like, what, what, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> exactly. So the, I, the best thing was like, cause I remember watching that back. Cause I was like live tweeting everything. Like look at NJIT in these like blue pajama uniforms, like out here winning three, nothing. And it was like three, two. And then yeah. you hit that ball. And I was like, this is going to clear the bases. Like they're about to be up five to two on them. And then of yep. course, Christian Franklin, like one of the best defenders in the country goes back and just makes an unbelievable catch. And I was like, well, the game's over dude, now. Dude, dude. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, up. damn, I did battle my ass off. And then I got, I got to deal with that too. Like you're just like, exactly. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, to- we get the break here. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, uh, I mean, it's a tough sign, but I mean, it was sick watching you barrel that. Um, and then like, let's just go like through the regional because you guys end up losing game one, but you guys were in it for like the first four or five innings. You had to, they had to use Kevin Cox on you guys in the third inning, which I'm sure going into the game, you guys probably would have said there was a 0% chance that was going to happen. Like maybe in the seventh, eighth, ninth, but for them to have to use him that, like that that early. That was the earliest he's been used all year. All year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so let's talk a little bit about the fans, because I'm sure the fans like walking in the stadium are like, OK, we're going to blow these guys out like it's not going to be close. And you guys jump on them early. Did the fans kind of like sit back in their seats a little bit thinking, like, uh oh, this might get a little ugly. <laughs> it, it was quiet because I watched the video back the other day of our leadoff guy, uh, Choi, hitting the leadoff the bomb. bomb. <laughs> and like it was so quiet, like it was so mm-hmm. quiet and uh yeah, it, it was. It, I think we shocked them a little bit, and then, I mean, the rest that is yeah. history. They came dude, dude that those kind of home runs make you just feel like so big, like you're just, like you're just that dude, like yeah, like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. that kid's a beast too. Like, like, yeah, yeah. And so, wait, let's talk about your home run you hit against Nebraska. Like, kind of yeah. walk us to that situation. Like, getting to hit a home run in like that stage on you know national television um, was a pretty cool moment for you. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Just uh, just having uh, not only just having the chance to play there, but to hit a home run was really cool. I wish it would have came earlier in the game and we were in it a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, it was it was it was really cool to hit a home run there. So yeah. And so you guys between was it 
after game two, you guys went back to the stadium in left field, got to hang out with all the Hogs fans. Well, I, I'm sure they were just super open and like nice to you guys, just because I know that's how Arkansas fans are. Mississippi State does the same thing with their other teams in the regional. Like they could be mean and vicious like during the game, but after the game, they're all completely different people, right? Yeah, I mean, I, like honestly, like I've never like, met like such a large group of people that were just so so kind and so nice like they like they just love the game they just love the game and they like they they were so welcoming like i've never like especially being from new jersey and the northeast uh no you don't get any of that like no one's going out of their way to be nice and then like (laughs) that comparing it to arkansas it, it was cool those people were like we're we're forever indebted to them. They were they were really cool to us, and they they made. I remember experience. flying, dude. I've flown in and out of Newark, JFK, and dude, people are mean. They are <laughs> not. They're they're like, dude. I remember one time I was it was like six o'clock in the morning. I was getting ready to fly overseas, and I'm walking like it's super early, and I just asked the lady, I was like, hey, is there like a Starbucks, like like anything open right now? She just looked at me and was like, you can find it. There's a sign right there. And I'm yeah. like, damn, like, well, what did I do to you? Yeah, no, that's that's a good uh, good indication of the Northeast, but yeah, yeah, way different than Arkansas. Yeah, way way different than the South. So let's do this. I'm gonna put you on the spot. What was your favorite memory from that Arkansas regional? It could be anything. It could be you guys, you know, celebrating Wait, the win. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Speaking of the hog pin, were you the one that exchanged T-shirt? I saw. I was, somebody- I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so some of our that. guys did, but yeah, I, I traded t-shirts with, with the guy. It was, it was pretty cool. He's really, really good guy. <laughs> like a Jersey swap. That's sick. I saw, yeah. I saw in the picture, like the tag was still on it. Like it was brand new. That dude he gave me a it. brand, yeah, brand new shirt. And it was way big on me and my shirt was way small on him, but uh, we both wore it and it, it was, it was a cool moment. It, it was a really cool moment. That's awesome. No, that's cool. That's the little things like that. So um, let's go back to that last question. Like, just pick one moment, one memory that you're going to have that like maybe uh, will stick out, like stick out better than the rest that you had. Yeah, it's it's got to be. Um, I, I I can think of like three off the top of my head. That uh, just happen. rattle off all three. Let's do it. Let's uh, them off. I'll go in chronological order. So the first one would have been the first uh, call of the Hogs before our game. It was crazy because I, I knew about it. I'm a huge college baseball fan, so, like, I was well aware of the tradition. And then to, to hear the 11,000 people do it was was pretty insane. And then uh, getting the win against Northeastern, first uh, NCAA tournament win in our school's history was mm-hmm. was sick. Um, Ryan Fisher, our pitcher. He, and they're he, a good program, too. Really good really program. Good this year. Really good. So that, that was a big win for us. Um, and then the third was just being in the hog pen with all, with all the Arkansas fans. That, yeah. That was, that was unreal. Yeah. No, that's let me I mean, ask that's, you. That's the cool stuff there. Hey, let me ask you. Before you went to Arkansas, and since you just mentioned you're like a big college baseball fan, so you kind of have an idea of like the ins and outs and stuff. What was your favorite like on TV and stuff? What was your favorite place to play, or like the place you were like, I always want to play. I want to play there. Yeah. So they were uh, our our uh, sports information. Miles was asking me like about after we 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 uh, got the bid, like where I wanted to play. And I was like, man, like I want to go to like Arkansas, Ole Miss, or Mississippi State. And then we got we got Arkansas. So that that was yeah, that was- that's sick. That's sick. No, that is sick. And um, so before we go any further, this kind of rings a bell. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go so ahead. You still have a whole another year of eligibility, right? Yep. All right. And so like after that, like uh, obviously you're gonna have like pro ball and everything on your mind. Let's say 
like pro ball doesn't work out. What do you, what's like your, what's your next move in life after baseball? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I would love to get into coaching college baseball. Like I just, I love being around the game. I love, uh, I love building relationships with guys. And then I feel like I have a lot to give, like through my experience playing. And so that, that's probably what I'm, I'm looking to do next. So coaching at like the college level, high school level, youth level. Yeah, at, at, at the, I like to coach at the college level. Yeah. Cause like, I just had an idea come to my mind. Uh, obviously we're all bought in on college baseball and everything. Talk to us at the end of next year. If, if pro ball doesn't work out, you could be our 11.7 Northeast, like just run things up there, get to know all those programs because uh, Demetri and myself, we're uh, looking to expand moving forward, especially starting next year. So uh, I think you'd be an unbelievable addition up there in the Northeast. I would be, I'd be honored. That'd be, yeah. that'd be, that'd be sick. <laughs> we would, we will definitely work something out for you because you're a cool dude. And uh, <laughs> speaking of cool dude, the nickname Polly Biceps, like, how does that come about? That is a sick. Oh, yeah. So uh, in summer ball two years ago, I was one of my roommates, like he was super Italian, good guy from, from, from Jersey. Um, and he just started like, I, one day I was just working out and I think I was, we were working out together and I was like doing bicep curls and he was like, Oh, it's, it's poly biceps. And then, so he started calling me that. And then it really took off. Like when my, my boys from home, like heard about it and uh, like, it just, took off from there so is that so, like a name that you have to like withhold now like you got to keep doing bicep curls right every day <laughs> yo like my biceps aren't even like that like big so as <laughs> you started calling me and you know, so like it, it, it's pretty funny yeah so uh summer ball plans coming up like i know you're about to leave for summer ball what team are you playing for what league and uh, have you played there before or anything like that yeah i'm playing uh up in the necbl for the valley blue Sox. so and, uh, and where did you where'd you play summer ball the last couple of years? I played so I didn't play after my freshman year because I was I was pretty beat up after the season. Um and then after sophomore year I played for the Amsterdam Mohawks in the okay. PBL, which was nice. that that was that was sick. Um, well, I know yeah. that NECBL is a really good league up there. Um you already have like a host family all lined up and everything like that. Yep. And uh my brother's actually my brother plays at Xavier. So uh, he's on my team, and then he's already he's already. Yeah, dude, they were they were they were. I mean, the championship got out of hand, but them and UConn were close for a while. That would have been sick. You guys both got. I know. I know. It would have it would have put my parents in a predicament where to go. <laughs> but yeah, I was really hoping that we were both going to get in. But, would your brother? Would, did your brother go to Arkansas? No, nah, because he was already at summer ball. They gave him a couple of days, and then I would have told them, "Hell no, nah, I'm out of here for a week." <laughs> yeah, I don't want to yeah no. but yeah. is he a catcher too? No, he's actually like opposite body type of me. He's like six, four tall. Oh, must and, be uh, nice. He plays like <laughs> so first pitcher. Oh, uh, no, first I, base. It's bombs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Was he like uh, like growing up? You guys played high school ball and everything together. Was yep. he like kind of following his big brother's footsteps, or did he kind of do his own thing? Yeah, we're he we're really close. So uh, so we're we're always together. Yeah, he's 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 like I have a another, I have two brothers actually, and one of them plays football at Brown. My, he's the youngest, so we got a. We're all really close. So. Yeah, super athletic. I mean, you got to be really wow. close in age to be all in school at the same time. Yep, Luke, who plays at Xavier, is a year younger than me, and then my youngest brother, who's at Brown's, a freshman. So yeah, no. hey, hey, tip my cap to your parents. They 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 uh they built a athletic family there. Athletic, <laughs> smart family too. Is it like hard to get it in in JIT? Like, is that a very big like academic school? Like, I have no idea to be honest. Yeah. So our, like, uh, our engineering program is like, is like really good. Um, so a lot of the guys on our team are engineers, but 
I'm I'm just a business major. Business major. Hey, <laughs> so, shout so, out to all hey, the business right. majors out there. That's are you taking NJIT or Georgia Tech? Which which one is the the better tech school? Oof. I mean, I gotta I gotta go with my Highlanders on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is a Highlander? Like, I, I mean, do you guys have a mascot? Like, what is that? Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's um it's like some some sort of warrior. But the reason that we got that name was because uh like our school is like on a hill kind of. It's in the the Newark Highlands. So that's that's what I was told how we got that that mascot. Nah, that makes Dude, sense. You would never think how some of these schools get these mascot names. Like <laughs> like Ben, what was the other school? Uh, uh, Fair for the stag. Everybody was like, "What the hell is a stag?" It's yeah. just like a fancy name for a deer. Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's let's see. If, give us a pick. Besides, let's say besides Arkansas, you're a big college baseball fan. We got the super regionals coming up. Is there yeah. a team that you think has a chance to win it all besides Arkansas, the obvious favorite? Besides Arkansas, I mean, I think it'd be cool if LSU makes a run in in Maneri's last year. That'd be sick. Um, dude, I can't have I can't have LSU go any further, dude. I told I told everybody I, I made a strong opinion that they didn't belong in the postseason. And yeah. And everybody like came at me when they beat Oregon. I was like, damn, dude, like stop winning. Like I need like I can't look any stupider. You need them to lose. Yeah. Um, that'd be cool. And then. I don't know. I think uh, I think Ole Miss is is gonna have a shot, but yeah, I, my, my is, personal my favorite is Arkansas. I think they're I think they're gonna win, especially yeah. if their lineup is. Dude, their lineup is sick. Um, did, so did they you don't guys have a nine hole hitter? Yeah, they don't right. have a nine hole. Like, dude, literally one through nine, they're just loaded up, and like you, you saw it. Like, it feels like every time they bring Kevin Cops into a game, they, in, they instantly score like five runs for the guy. Like the it's, offense just wakes up. It literally happened against us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Like he's like a run producer on the mound. Um, what other things you, did you guys do in Fayetteville? Hold like on, outside? Hold on. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, were you watching the game when they played Nebraska? Which one? Uh, yeah, I saw. Uh, we were back at, at in Newark for the the for the final, and we yeah we watched that. So game. what about the the game six in Nebraska one? You guys were there, right? Or we no? were there. Yeah, we were there. You were there for that's the game. You were there. Okay. What was, was that, that atmosphere game? right like? It, uh, it was, I'm, I'll be honest, like in the hog pen, like you can't, like you can't really tell like what's going on with the game at some, at some points. <laughs> so there's a, there's a ton of energy still, but uh, everyone at, when we were walking out of the stadium was like, I, I heard a hundred times like, Oh, we're going to beat him tomorrow. So they're, they're still confident. Yeah. And I mean, then, those, those fans are very confident. I'll tell you then that. you got to watch the last one. Yep. And you were like, "Oh my God, is Arkansas really about to lose?" I, I, it was, it was close. I mean, but uh, I, I had a feeling they were going to win in the late innings. Like, yeah, it was too good. I mean, Dude, Kevin Cops seven, seven. I don't know how Kevin Cops did that. I don't know how that he did it. That was crazy. That yeah. that was crazy. So um, let's let's switch topics here for a little bit because we're we're running out of time. But uh, let's see, going into next season, New Jersey Institute of Technology, the Highlanders. You, know, you guys are going to have big goals and everything like that. Are you guys losing a lot of players because of graduation? Are you guys getting in some any more players that uh, are coming in as freshmen that you guys already know about, or are you guys just going to take it like one day at a time? Yeah, so losing two weekend starters, uh, Tyler Stafflinger, who started against Arkansas, and then Jared Caxo, who also pitched in that game. The, those guys have both pitched for five years, so that's going to be big shoes to fill. But we got some, some, some freshmen that didn't get a, lot, a chance to pitch this year that got good stuff that, that are going to step into that role. Um, losing two starting outfielders. And then um, uh, Julio Marcano, who's, who's our, our, our like best hitter, our three hole guy. Uh, we feel like he's probably going to get drafted. So 
we hope yeah. he gets drafted and then but if he doesn't i mean obviously we'd love to have him back <laughs> do you guys usually yeah. have like a guy or two a year drafted or like how long has it been since the most recent guy was drafted it's been a while the last guy i think was uh was uh mark lighter al lighter's nephew jack oh. lighter's cousin yeah, jack yeah, lighter's yeah, yeah, yeah. Cousin. good bloodline yeah. there yeah but i so think that was that that was before my time like mid ends i think something like that yeah any other like famous alumni of the school like anybody famous coming out of there oh man uh not if there is i I'm, if, i don't know <laughs> you don't know yeah is uh all poly biceps what are you talking about ben big poly yeah. biceps what a yeah. legend um but dude man this has been fun this has been a great interview. Obviously, you're welcome back on anytime. And we're, we're definitely going to try to work something out after next year. Um, I'm, I don't know if you uh, if you know this or not, but we have about 12 guys who, who we interviewed this year, and we root hard. We're like, we're ride or die for them. And uh, next year, you're definitely going to be a guy we keep up with. And uh, we want you back on the show next year, maybe even before the season starts. Give us a little lowdown of the Northeast. Um, but man, big fan of you. Good luck in summer ball. If you ever need anything from us, not NCAA violation wise, more than happy to give it to you. But we're going to work something it. out here after next season, try to get you on the 11.7 staff. I think you'd be a good Absolutely. addition there. Absolutely. That, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, appreciate you doing this. Appreciate Miles for setting this up. And uh, yeah. we're big NJIT fans from now on. Ride well, or die for the Highlanders. We're, we're happy to have you guys. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're honored. I hey, appreciate it, bro. Appreciate yep. it. Hey, you, appreciate you have a good one this summer. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yep.